Welcome to Matt D'Elia is Confused. This is Matt D'Elia, a.k.a. M. Diesel. And you know what? I just realized when I said M. Diesel, it's been a while since I've um, done anything that warrants my um, my other name, my alias. Fucking couldn't think of the word alias. This ought to be a good show. Anyway, uh, haven't been... Anybody who's a new listener maybe over the last five to ten episodes might not know why i'm m diesel and so just as a little fucking refresher every single word has just makes my stomach turn Cause I don't know you, but it feels like I do Oh, yeah! It's the weekend, baby! Feels like I do Oh, and that is the classic tune the, by the name of Feel Like I Do, even though the lyrics never once say feel like I do, they say feels like I do, so whatever. But also, the song reminded me of the fact that Vin Diesel can't say words, and therefore he's in the wrong line of business, however he has made tens of millions of gajillions of dollars being an actor and now singer. So fucking go figure. If there's anything more confusing than a performer, an actor and singer who is, when he speaks, it's unintelligible. The fact that there is a very successful actor who, when he speaks and sings, he's completely unintelligible. And yet he has made millions and millions of dollars at doing the exact thing that requires him to speak and speak words that you can understand. This is confusing. But I love Vin, and all of you know I love Vin. I love him so much that I have an alias, and that alias is M. Diesel. Now, I, many of you, and when I say many of you, I mean actually hundreds, have sent me something on Instagram And it's like Vin, it's like a fucking, I forget what it's even called. I I haven't, oh, it's like a camera effect that Instagram offers like a filter, but it's like a, a thing that makes it look like Vin Diesel's arms are around you from the back. Like he's, I, I don't even know 
how the fuck this is a thing. And me, if you don't, if you've never seen it and I'm explaining it to you, fucking good luck understanding it. But I'm going to explain it really well. And I, I feel like there's no way someone who hasn't seen it could possibly understand. But here, here, here goes. It's just a camera effect, just like anything else, any kind of filter, anything you use on Instagram to like add into an image of you or whatever. And this particular camera effect is what it's called. Filter thing makes it look like Vin Diesel is not only with you, but behind you and has his arms around your shoulders. Like he's loving on you. Fucking K. What is that? Also, why would they only make one of Vin Diesel and not one of M Diesel? If any of you listeners know how to make a camera effect, you need to write this wrong on my behalf. This is diesel discrimination. He's more famous than me, but I'm also a diesel and I also deserve my own camera effect where it looks like I'm fucking behind you with my arms around your neck. Speaking of Vin Diesel behind you with his arms around your neck, that song... It's impossible to know the lyrics when he sings it, but when I sing it, even through my Vin impression, you can understand me better than you can understand him. And I happen to know all the lyrics because I'm a fucking idiot. Um, But just now when I was singing it, it made me realize how much that song and also many, many other songs about having a crush on someone or loving someone from afar or really wanting to know someone or whatever. All of those songs are so fucking creepy. I mean, even just the refrain of this song. I don't know you, but it feels like I do. That is already on the road to creepiness. So many fucking songs are like that. But because they're to a beat and they're all happy and and upbeat, we like lose track of what the actual meaning of the words are. And I'm on this shit again. The lyrics thing. When you really sit down and force yourself to listen to lyrics, either in or out of context, it sometimes will fucking surprise you how weird or creepy or in this case, stalkery it is. Now, speaking of music, that music's terrible, but um, a lot of music is good, and there's a lot of music that we have personal attachments to, and for me, so many of the songs that I listened to as a kid at various ages, the second I hear any part of that song brings back a flood of memories of, of the way I felt Feel like I do. The way I felt at the time, not like a specific moment necessarily, sometimes, but usually just like this general flood of feelings that are excavated that you didn't excavate on your own. You didn't bring to the fore. The song did. So it's almost like this out of control thing that the the, the song you're hearing is is pulling all this shit out that you probably maybe couldn't even have accessed without hearing the song. A lot of songs have that effect on me. One, for some reason, that I think about the absolute most um, is that Seal song. 
Bye, yeah, yeah. There used to be a sassy tower on the sea. Did you know that when it snows? Uh, that song is in the movie Batman Forever, or maybe it's Batman and Robin. Anyway, that that song was so big at a certain time in my life. I forget exactly how old I was, but it was like right around when the time when my relationship to to girls was like, I would like ask them out. I would ask them out, but all that really meant was if they said yes, all it meant was I would talk less to that person and hang out with that person less than I did before I we were officially, quote, going out. It would be the kind of thing where, like, all my friends would know, all her friends would know, and then, like, you know, I'd approach her at, like, fucking lunch or whatever and be like, hey, fucking Catherine Oros, do you want to go out with me? Will you go out with me? And she's, like, embarrassed and on the spot, and she's just like, yes? And I'm like, great. And then you, I would hug Catherine and then like never talk to her again until we broke up. And then uh, when we broke up, I'd be like, I don't think we should go out anymore. And she'd be like, yeah, it's probably for the best, you know? And then after that, we would like, our friend groups would hang out again and it would be less weird. It was like the exact opposite of the intended uh, result. And that's what that seal song reminds me of that like period when you just have like no idea how it works, you know, but the reason I'm bringing this up at all is because sadly, very sadly, uh, the very famous and beloved rapper DMX passed away just the other day. He was 50 years old, very young, very sad, um, being on social media, I see a lot of people sort of posting about him and, you know, rest in peace, rest in power, some kind of like memory that people had of him and his music. I don't have a specific memory. What I do have is just a very, when I hear his music now or, or anytime really not, not because he died, but, um, I, I'm, these feelings of being a certain age are conjured and he has so he had so many hit songs from like a very particular period in time and it's just like a flood of shit that uh i'm reminded of it made me realize how much of um i don't know if impact is the right word but just a real deep impression on my life at a certain time um his music uh, is very potent for me. And uh, in honor of him, this one more than any other song. I'm right here, dog. Where my dogs at? Be right here, dog. Where my dogs at? I'm right here, dog. But once I go through, show you shit is real. And I ain't really... This shit was like, anytime anyone, still, anyone's like, do you know where my dog is? All right, where's, where's my dog? Like about their actual dog. This is immediately brought to the fore of my mind. 
anyway, I don't really have a specific thing to say. I just, it made me sad. It made me remember a lot of my, my, about myself and about him. And uh, sad to see him go. He's one of the fucking greatest ever. And uh, RIP Darkman X. Um, <clears throat> uh, there's something, I don't know the entry point into talking about this, especially after talking about that, but, um, there, uh, maybe most of you know about this, uh, at least sort of cursorily, but, um, Khloe Kardashian is in the news for usually when any Kardashian is in the news for any reason. I'm just like, fuck, fucking fuck shit, fucking fuck, fuck all these people. And it's not nuanced. It's not, I don't, I don't read it. I don't look into it. I just see a headline. It's unavoidable often. Um, like about Kim and Kanye or about Kendall Jenner and some commercial people are mad at her about it, whatever the fuck, I don't even know, you know? And Chloe, I actually don't really know that much about. I don't really know much about any of them. I know Kim's married Kanye, or I think they are now separated or divorced or something, but I don't know much about the family. I know there's like Kylo Renner, right? There's Kylo Renner, there's Kimball Janser, there's Kim Kardashian. And there's Chloe Kardashian. And I think there's another one, but I don't know. I don't know. But Chloe Kardashian, um, I'm going to get the, the, the details wrong, but I don't think the details matter that much. But from what I understand, uh, Chloe or someone Chloe was with took a picture of Chloe in a bathing suit by a pool somewhere and accidentally posted it. I thought it was Chloe herself, but maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was someone else. Anyway, there was like a mad dash to not only delete the post, but to scrub it entirely from the internet, the photo. When I read the story, because I read it first before I saw anything about it, I thought, my God, how fucking bad is the picture, you know? Like, what is she doing in the picture? How bad could any picture be? Must be bad. And then I looked, and when I found the picture, I was certain that it wasn't the picture. Because when I look at the picture that she needed to have scrubbed from the internet, not only looks like a very sort of she just looks like a person you know i wouldn't think anything of it besides she's a person with very little clothing on and the fact of the matter is her body untouched or whatever unsort of framed she has a great body and the picture is not unflattering and i'm pretty sure that you know, as far as like rolls of the dices go as someone born on earth and then having one body or another, I'm pretty fucking sure, granted I'm not a woman and I have actually no idea what it's like to be one, but I'm pretty sure that 
most people in general will be happy to have that body. But, you know, the whole, there was this whole thing. And then, and then uh, she got like, I guess what happened is she got called out for wanting the image scrubbed. And she didn't like the fact that it was out there. And then she didn't like the fact that she was getting called out for not wanting it out there. <clears throat> Which, look, I actually get not wanting an unflattering photo of you out in the world. That's natural. If, you, if there's a photo of you that seems like a bad representation of you, and you don't think it looks like you or shows you in the way that like you prefer to be shown, I get that. I mean, that's about as natural of a feeling as we're all insecure about something and whatever, you know? But the issue is obviously the Kardashians in general are sort of let me see if I can say this right. The Kardashians in general are a big sort of a prime pusher of this um, body expectation thing that um, you read about a lot, you hear about a lot, you hear women talk about it a lot, about this impossible um, expectation of, of them to um, have certain characteristics to have your body in a certain shape or whatever the fuck and it sounds hard to to be on the other end of and um you could argue actually that the kardashians are not only a prime mover but like the primary sort of force behind this you know they're they're putting forth their image non-stop into the world and they're always retouched they've had tons of work done uh filters, whatever the fuck. And what they're constantly putting out there is fake. The way that they look, you know, whether it's plastic surgery or airbrushing or Instagram filters or whatever the fuck, they are sort of at the forefront of causes uh, for these sort of expectations that are being put out into the world. And I'm going to actually pull up because then Chloe posted something um, defending herself. And, and first of all, it's just weird. Okay. So she posted a couple videos of herself and they're just, she's naked in one of them in a bathroom mirror. And she's showing us that her body isn't photoshopped. And she's like bouncing around to show us that how it looks when it moves and how it as like proof that her body's not photoshopped. And then there's like three different videos of that to be like, look, my body's good. I swear to God. And I actually feel... I'm of two minds with this because I get, again, I get not wanting a picture of yourself out in the world. But I don't see how you can have it both ways. If that picture of you is out there in the world, 
and you are sort of like the main perp. Um, putting yourself out there in the world with, with fake things, whether it's cosmetic or just in the image itself, doctoring the image. And then you... Oh, wait, actually, you know what? I didn't realize this. If I swipe, there's a whole fucking... written part okay here we go i'm just gonna read what she wrote hey guys this is me and my body unretouched and unfiltered the photo that was posted this week is beautiful uh, then why are you trying to have it legally taken down from the internet entirely but as someone who has struggled with body image her whole life when someone takes a photo of you that isn't flattering and bad lighting or doesn't capture your body the way it is after working so hard to get it to this point and then shares it to the world you should have every right to ask for it to not be shared, regardless of who you are. Okay. I'm just going to read the whole thing. In truth, the pressure, constant ridicule, and judgment my entire life to be perfect and to meet others' standards of how I should look has been too much to bear. And then she lists common complaints or, or trolls. Chloe is the fat sister. Chloe is the ugly sister. Her dad must not be her real dad because she looks so different. The only way she could have lost that weight must have been from surgery. Should I go on? Oh, but who cares how she feels because she grew up in a life of privilege. She's also on a reality show, so she signed up for all of this. I'm of course not asking for sympathy, but I am asking to be acknowledged for being human. I am not perfect, but I promise you that I try every day to live my life as honestly as possible and with empathy and kindness. It doesn't mean that I have not made mistakes, but I'm not going to lie. It's almost unbearable trying to live up to the impossible standards that the public have all set for me. For over a decade now in photos, every single flaw and imperfection has been microanalyzed and made fun of to the smallest detail, and I am reminded of them every day by the world. And when I take that criticism to use as motivation to get myself in the best shape of my life and to even help others with the same struggles, I am told I couldn't have done it through hard work and I must have paid for it all. You never quite get used to being judged and pulled apart and told how unattractive one is. But I will say, if you hear anything enough, then you start to believe it. This is an example of how I have been conditioned to feel, that I am not beautiful enough just being me. I love a good filter, good lighting, and an edit here and there. The same way I throw on some makeup, get my nails done, or wear a pair of heels to present myself to the world the way I want to be seen. And it ex it's exactly what I will continue to do unapologetically. My body, my image, and how I choose to look and what I want to share is my choice. It's not for anyone to decide or judge what is acceptable or not anymore. For those else who feel the constant pressure of not ever feeling perfect enough, I want you to know I see you and I understand. Every day I am told by my family and friends who love me that I am beautiful, but I know that it needs to be believed from within. We are all unique and perfect in our own way, whichever way one chooses to be seen. I have realized that we cannot continue to live life trying to fit into the perfect mold of what others have set for us. Just do you and make sure your heart is happy. Now, <clears throat> I actually agree with all that. And moreover, I agree that she's beautiful. But shouldn't there be some acknowledgement of her and her family's contribution to the impossible standards that the public have? Those exist in part, at the very least, because of what you and your family are constantly putting out into the world.
Now, of course, do what you want. Post what you want, show yourself the way you want. It gets a little dicier when you know, you're know you a public figure and people look up to you and people are your fan and you're showing them a version of you that's more or less a lie. Then it gets a little gray. But <clears throat> you can't have it both ways entirely. You are a ma- one of the main drivers of this sort of public image issue. The, or rather, the standard that you're talking about. That standard, that impossible standard, many would say, and I think that's correct, the impossible standard is in part set by you and your family. So now you're feeling the pain of that. Which I would say, you're partly responsible for the very thing that you're suffering from right now. And instead of taking that in and realizing that, and talking about that, about how you've contributed to the very thing that's causing you pain right now, It's this other thing that, again, isn't entirely wrong, but it, there's no acknowledgement or maybe no awareness even of the fact that she's kind of doing this. It's like a cycle. The more, more, more you sort of put forth this impossible beauty standard, which you, I think, are safe to say the Kardashians are the prime offender in that department. And even it's actually beyond the, uh, the touching up and the filters and Photoshop, whatever the fuck. And beyond the cosmetic surgery, having so much money, you can afford every single thing to make yourself look younger, slimmer, softer, whatever it is you want to look healthier and that's just a whole like other facet of this but I really do think there needs to be some kind of acknowledgement that she helped create this fucking monster that she's being uh, eaten up by now Also, just in general, I mean, I know that I'm late on this, but why are people now just like fans of people? Like, Khloe Kardashian isn't something. She's a person, and that's as valuable as any other person. And they deserve the things that any other person deserves. But she is just a person, right? And I feel like that's what like the influencer thing is. You're not doing anything. If you're performing anything, you're performing... The performance is of you. You're performing yourself for others. And when people are a fan of yours... I mean, Khloe Kardashian has 136 million Instagram followers. And she's not something. 
I don't mean, I do not mean she's less valuable than other people. I mean, she's just a person. She doesn't have, for instance, um, if you are a fan of Emma Stone, she's an actor. She does a thing that you can be a fan of. If you're a fan of Kamala Harris, she's a politician. Or I guess supporter, you should say, not fan. Politics don't have fans. Though I guess Trump kind of changed that. But you know what I fucking mean. These are just people being people and their whole thing is being them. And yet they still managed to figure out a way to turn that into a performance, into an act. And that's really what Chloe's running up against now. She's running into the buzzsaw of the performance of herself that she has created and propagated. And I actually do have sympathy for her. All the things she says in that, I, 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 I empathize with. And also, to a large degree, I have no fucking idea what any of that's like. Being a man. But some fucking acknowledgement of having a major hand in creating the very problem that you're facing right now would not be healthier, not just be healthier for you, Chloe, but it would be so good to have that out in the world. I contribute to this fucking uh, impossible beauty standard that we have and that I'm now be feeling the the sort of dark side of how fucking sick would that be she'd immediately be my favorite Kardashian now that's not saying much because I don't really know anything about Kimball Janker and um, Kylo Renner or whatever the fuck are they the same person Kimbo Jank and fucking Kylo Renner Um, <clears throat> I will say though, and I didn't know this until I started looking into her more, uh, Chloe Kardashian has a show called Revenge Body. And the whole premise of the show is the best revenge is getting in shape and showing your ex after he mistreated you or left you or whatever. Um, broke up with you even just uh the best revenge is to get in good shape and to look great i have an idea how about don't get revenge my advice to people the best revenge here's the best revenge don't think about revenge the best revenge is actually this I don't even give a fuck about you enough to get revenge. The best revenge is not giving a fuck. And there are all these people out there being like, I don't care, I'm going to do me, I don't give a fuck what people think. And then they got their pictures fucking altered online. Got fucking filters, touch-ups and shit. Hey, you do care. 
That's why all of this shit happens. You care a fucking lot. Fuck the haters, fuck you. I don't give a shit what you think. Yeah, you do. But the best revenge is no revenge. You really want to get revenge? Fucking forget about a person. Nothing feels worse than to be forgotten about. Nothing feels worse than to not be cared about. So revenge body or revenge anything, you're already giving the fucking person too much credit, too much attention. Fuck that. The best revenge is no revenge because you don't give a fuck about getting revenge. That is literally the best revenge. I don't mean that's the healthiest thing for you moving forward. It is, but that's not all I mean. I mean the actual best fucking revenge is not only no revenge, but not giving a fuck about getting it. If you really want revenge, if you really want to make someone feel bad, forget them. Um. Oh, fuck. All right. I guess uh, I'm going to take a break now. Because again, of course, it's 7,000 degrees in here. And when I'm back, I'll talk some more about some cool shit. Okay. Don't go anywhere. Matt D'Elia is confused. We'll return right after the break. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mmm. What flavor are you holding? Now, open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. And I'm back. And I was thinking the last episode, I talked a little bit about Jordan Peterson, and he's got those fucking rules for life books. He's got 12 rules for life, and then he's... Now he's got a new 12 rules, 12 more rules. Just fucking making up more rules to make more money, you know? Okay, so yeah, so that was a hit. So, uh, you know, uh, made me a lot of money and I'll just write another one. Fucking guy, dude. Guys had such a shit go of it lately, the last couple years. His wife almost died. Uh, he had to go to rehab for some, I don't know what it was, some kind of pill. I don't know. I don't want to be all up in his business, but he's a, such a public figure. Um, and I'm definitely not going to talk shit about that. Uh, that is some serious shit, any kind of pill addiction. And it's good to see anybody um, come out the other side of that. And now he's resurfacing again and kind of coming back into the public eye. Uh, from which he was gone for a long time because of all this. And uh, he's got a new book out. And it was making me think I want to do rules as well. Um, <clears throat> but they're not going to be like, you know, clean your room or whatever. Because that's what his rules are. You buy a book, you think it's going to have some fucking Titanic shit in it. 
12 rules for life and the first fucking rule is like make your bed uh hey man that's just a rule a parent makes for an eight-year-old if we don't know to fucking make our bed by now we're fucked so maybe start a little later and get a little more complicated with the rules anyway i didn't fucking read the book so who knows maybe it's great um okay so yeah so you know um okay so yeah so uh so clean your room um but the uh the first rule i want to make is about dogs as we all know dogs are very important to me and um my every dog i've ever owned is kind of fat my dog gets kind of fat under my care and every once in a while someone in my life will be like your dog's kind of fat you know you feed her a little too much billy was really fat r.i.p billy but now charlie's fat too not as fat as billy but she's when she gets older like billy was fucking ancient and that's when billy really got fat i'm sure charlie will pack it on a little bit more as she gets older people in my life will be you know make comments if they're just observing it i don't care you know like oh she's fat great or cute that's fine but whenever someone's like oh you should she should lose a little bit of weight i'm just like shut the fuck up and anytime i take any of my dogs to the vet they're always like yeah she could use she could she could use uh losing five pounds and that doesn't bother me because that that person's looking out for my dog's health and I, i guess you know so is everyone else but here's the deal And I'm sure your dogs are like this too. But my dogs, all of them that I've ever had, not just Billy and Charlie, all of them always want to eat. Okay? Some dogs, very rarely will there be a dog that is like a bowl of food's out and they don't even want to fuck with it. But dogs beg for food. They want scraps. They pick up fucking food off the ground. They put everything in their fucking mouth. They want food. They're always fucking hungry and if they're not hungry it's like instinct they're wired to for survival and anytime there's available food their brain is just like eat it so i don't even know if it's hunger but here's the thing about a fat dog i'm going to start a little more macro okay and then get micro Dogs were made up. Dogs don't exist naturally. Humans made them. They bred wolves and fucking whatever other shit. They they they're they're all sort of originally from wolves. And there's this theory that, you know, the 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 first sort of branch of wolf that ended up becoming dogs, we think that that started 
when natural selection started selecting for sort of um, more docile wolves who would end up near humans, like around the perimeter of where humans would be, and humans would interact with them and give them food. And so when that trait became more selected for, those wolves ended up mingling with people more, becoming domesticated, sometimes even working for people, doing things for people, and so on and so on until now you got some fucking, you know, Bijan Frise or whatever the fuck. Bijan Frise. So we made these fucking things up. That's not fair. I'm not being an anti-natalist, but it really actually isn't fucking fair. Especially when you look at a dog like a pug. And you're just like, you're so fucked up. Your face is so fucked up and people just designed you that way because they like to look at you. That's so fucking fucked up. So in a way, every dog is fucked. And now they're just living in homes with people. And all of their sort of survival instincts, almost all dogs at least, have been so sort of watered down because they don't need to have those skills because all of the skills they need are like doing the things humans want them to do so they can be fed and taken care of, obviously. So all fucking dogs, basically are just made up by people thrust into the universe willy-nilly because they're cute and they are. Don't get me wrong. I fucking love dogs. But there's something intrinsically unfair about their existence in the first place. Combine that with the fact that two things. One, again, the first one, they always want food. And this is the big one. The reason we have dogs, other than like to work on a fucking farm for us, but the reason we, I, people like me have dogs, is to make our lives better by making their life better. Making their life better makes us happy. On top of just like the plain happiness that it brings. It adds a feeling of control. Life is so fucking out of control. Pets, dogs, cats too, add this sort of... Uh, they're, they're, they, they create a little pocket of your life that you have control over. And I don't mean like you dominate over. I mean like you control how good your dog's life is. You literally, you, you single-handedly control how good or bad your dog's life is. Because they rely entirely on you. Now, considering everything I just said, I want my dog to fucking be as happy as goddamn possible. That includes... Giving it a lot of food, which in turn makes it fat. So my rule is, every dog should be a little bit fat. 
Give your dog more fucking food. Well, you want it to be in shape? Look, if there's like a health problem, obviously make it have it try to make it lose some weight. If its legs are fucked up or it's actually like so fat that it's fucking up its health in general, that's not what I'm talking about. Obviously, those are exceptions to what I'm saying. But just if your dog's fucking fine and loving life and you have the ability to make it love life even more, and instead you're like, no, 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 I want my dog to be in good shape. Fucking why? It wants food. It doesn't give a fuck what shape it's in. It's not a fucking Khloe Kardashian dog. Khloe Kardashian. It doesn't give a fuck. If you took a picture of a dog and asked it if it wanted a fucking Instagram filter or Photoshop to make it look less fat, guess what? The dog wouldn't say yes. The dog would be like, where's more food? Give it more food. Uh, No matter how fat your dog is, unless it's like a problem, give your dog more food and make it a little bit fatter. We control how happy they are. Might as well make them a little bit happier. God knows we ain't fucking happy. The least we could do is make these little fucking helpless creatures that didn't ask to be here as happy as they can be. Make them fat, fat dogs, All dogs should be fat. Thank you. That is a rule that I have for life. I was talking to somebody, uh, my friend's girlfriend uh, is working on something that touches on the subject of people who like super reviewers like online, like super Yelp reviewers, the ones that like, you know, have like some star by their name and they're like super reviewer, you know, because they've written like 30,000 reviews of like restaurants and fucking plate, other kinds of places, just whatever. Everywhere they go, they're just going to write a fucking essay about their experience there, you know? And some of these fucking reviews are so specific and 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 puts they put so much time into it. And sometimes when I wonder God, how like bored are people or how lonely are people? And a good barometer for that is just to think there are millions of people who write reviews of places and products, Amazon has this shit too. Uh, and it's all ostensibly for strangers. You're, you're writing these reviews for other people to know what you think of the thing. Hey, you're fucking lonely. And I'm not, I, I, I'm not, I'm not, there's no ridicule for your loneliness. I'm not, I have no sort of, I, I've, I, this is not your fault that you're lonely. But I'm saying this is a sign of a lonely People, this, these uh, people are fucking lonely as fuck. And the way you know that is that there are super reviewers. 
and I have a, so I have a rule about reviews and when it's good to do a review, when it's acceptable to do a review. Here's when it's acceptable to do a review. When when you have a cert, when someone services something for you, you know, I, ha- I like I've had I've actually had this happen. A plumber has come, and I love the guy, and I think the second or third time he came, he was like, "Hey, Yelp is a big deal for us, and reviews on there mean a lot." And he told me all the reasons. And he was like, "Would you if he was like if you if this was a good experience for you, would you mind writing a Yelp review or or or?" giving me a rating on Yelp, whatever it was. And I was like, all right, you're great. And you did a great thing for me for cheap. And you're asking me to do that. Okay. Then it's okay. That's an okay time to write a review. Another time that it's okay to write a review is if you know the person who owns the business or um, know a person that works there whose life would somehow be made better by getting either uh, a review that specifically points out how good this one person is that works in the company, whatever the fuck it is. If it's personal, that is. If there's any personal reason to do it that might make someone like yourself or someone you care about, if you can make their life better by putting a review up there, fine. Or the people, let's say it's a fucking restaurant and you had the worst fucking rudest, shittiest service ever. You were treated like shit and the fucking food you got was shitty and there was a fucking band-aid in it, you know, and the waiter fucking, when you tried to complain about it, the waiter turned around and pulled his pants down and farted it on your head then you should write a review because that's so bad that it's good for people to know. But what I'm not into, what I cannot abide is just like a a four-star review out of five for a place on Yelp, let's say. And it goes through like every course. Like it's a three-course meal and they got like an appetizer and a main course and fucking dessert. And then they're going to go down the service and the decor. And it's like, this is, if you printed it out, would be 20 full pages. And the things you're docking it for, it's like, it's like they're relishing in the power to either recommend or not recommend. And it's like, you were good, but you weren't a full five stars. So I'm going to punish you, but you were good. Fuck those people. You need a hobby if that's what you do. You're past the point of helping. Now you're just fucking crazy. Relax on the reviewing. Those are the three reasons that are that make it a good time to review. A good the good reasons to review a place like like that on Yelp or Amazon or whatever the fuck online reviews, customer reviews, I guess is the way to put it. If they provide a good service and ask you, and it's not too much trouble. If you know a person who owns or works at a place and you want to help them out, as long as you're obviously, as, as long as you're not lying, I don't mean like your buddy opens up a fucking 
hamburger place and you've never had it, but you like your friends, so you write a really great review. Don't do that. But if you have a personal connection to someone at a company, at a restaurant, whatever the fuck, and it's good, a good experience, good food, I don't know, then it's okay to write a review. Or if everything about the place is so bad, the food, the service, and when you complain about the food and the service, the waiter pulls down his pants and farts on your head. Then, if you had a, an enormously awful experience, then you write a review. Those are, that's it, though. You don't just like write a review because you had a pretty good experience. And then like give it three or four stars and be like, but there was this other thing and I so I can't give it a full five. So fuck you. Who the fuck are you? The customer is always right thing is maddening to me. No, they're not. The customer is not always right. That is like a bullshit corporate thing that basically is a way to devalue lower rung employees to sort of throw them in the fire and be like, oh, my low-rung employee fucked up? Complaining customer? Yeah, it's that person's fault. Not yours. You're always right. This fucking asshole who I pay $8 an hour, who I don't even pay a living wage to, they were wrong. The customer is not always right. You don't like the way a fucking place services you? Go somewhere else. So that's my second rule. I'm obviously not going to list all my rules, but from time to time I will have new rules that come up for me and I will tell you my rules. And maybe one day, just like Jordan Peterson, I'll write a book about it. And none of the rules will be clean your room because that's a compound. It's really 11 rules. If If one of the rules is clean your room or make your bed... It's really 11 rules because that doesn't fucking count. You don't get credit for making up a rule that everyone just already automatically knows is the better thing to do. 12 more rules for life. Rule number one, pee into toilets and not on people. Oh, good rule. Good rule. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. Okay. So don't pee on people. That's what toilets are for, okay? Okay, so, okay, so yeah, on to rule number two. When your partner is asleep, don't light them on fire. Okay, so yeah, so rule number three. Just like you can't do be fucking that obvious. That's not, that's not a rule. You you don't get credit for that. <sighs> oh, here's another rule I got. This is the last rule I'm gonna do. There are too many superhero movies and shows. I think even fans of superhero shit can admit that. There's just too much. And what I actually like even less 
than just regular superhero shit. I don't, I really don't like this trend, and this is not new. This has been going on for years since superhero movies became the thing. So like seven, eight years now. But there's like movies about or shows about people who either think they have superpowers and don't. People who take it upon themselves in a vigilante way, but in like a comedic way to like put on a costume and go fight crime. Or like a brand new original idea for a superhero that like is about a normal person who like falls into a fucking toxic pit and comes out with like beams in their eyes that can burn villains or whatever the fuck, you know? I mean, that's so bad what I just came up with. But the reason I'm thinking about this is because I saw two trailers this past week that I was like, when is this going to stop? I reached my threshold. I forget what the name, I'm going to look up the name of it. There's one with Melissa McCarthy and Octavia Spencer and Jason Bateman, and it's new. And uh, I don't know if it's a movie or a show, but it's called, I'm finding it right now, Thunder Force. In a world where supervillains are commonplace, two estranged childhood best friends reunite after one devises a treatment that gives them powers to protect their city. No. You know what I mean? Just fucking no. It's enough. There's been enough now. The, that's one thing, though, and that's kind of just whatever. I'm not, like, offended by that. Because if I was offended by that, then I'm a fucking crazy person. I'm just tired of that shit. Like, enough! Um, and I don't even really mean enough from the people who are making it. Those people are just cynical fucking assholes. They're like, this made money last time. Who gives a fuck what it's about? Oh, Melissa McCarthy, a massive movie star, wants to do it? Let's do it. They're just fucking lazy, cynical fucks. They're not, they're not, they don't like love superhero shit. It's you motherfuckers who watch it. That shit makes money every single time they shit something like that out. It's your fault. Stop. Just like with shitty cop shows. I talked about this a few months ago on an episode. All of us, apparently, if you look at the news, all of us hate cops. You turn on the fucking TV at a certain hour on a network, on network TV, you could probably go to all four major networks and hit a cop show where the cops are the shit. They're not following the rules. They're fucking following hunches. And they're heroes and everybody loves them for it. Fuck that. Which one is it? Be more consistent. And the reason those things are made, they're, they're made more frequently or continuously, or they continue to be made rather, the reason for that is because you watch it. Stop. So on one end, uh, the people who are producing it and making it, there's just laziness and cynicism. On the audience end, there's bad taste. And it's a vicious cycle. It's a vicious cycle. 
So this rule says, stop watching that stuff. Stop watching new shit that looks shitty about superheroes and cops, obviously, but that's not a new rule. That's older. But again, the Melissa McCarthy thing, Thunder Force, whatever. It's just like uh, an eye roll. There's a new Ghostbusters trailer that is like so fucking dead serious. And it's about like, I don't even know. I didn't quite get it because I was so bored that I kind of was, it was hard to pay attention. But it's like, it's, it's about kids, first of all. And it's like in some rural middle of nowhere town. Which, by the way, Ghostbusters, not in a city, makes no fucking sense. Um, but it's like some rural Midwestern place where kids discover like the the packs that they wear and the, the ray gun things uh, that they shoot. And I think one of them, like one of their uncles was like Dan Aykroyd. Something, I'm getting it wrong, but it's something like that. It's like a new generation of Ghostbusters from when they're kids. Which is the most obviously greasing the wheels for another franchise, you know. But Ghostbusters is funny. Ghostbusters is also not just for kids, but for adults. Now, Ghostbusters is about kids. And super fucking serious. And they also just rebooted it. Do new things. Do new things and stop being so fucking serious if you're going to insist on rehashing old ones. You're going to make Ghostbusters and be fucking serious? You're a villain. The next movie about a fucking supervillain should be about you. What are you fuckers thinking? And watch, it's going to be a hit, and we're going to fucking like it. Be like, this breathes fresh air into the Ghostbusters franchise. God damn. Stop, you know? I love Ghostbusters, but I'm not going to watch the fucking new one. Anyway. I can't believe I've gone over an hour. So much more shit to talk about. Uh, But it's 33,000 degrees in here. So I'm going to stop. Okay. Okay. So yeah. So okay. This is M. Diesel signing off. Um, I hope you guys are all having a great weekend. Uh, I love you all. Some cool shit coming um, soon from us. Not going to announce it yet, but be excited because some cool shit coming soon um, for you to buy and to watch. And yeah, I will talk to you all soon. I love you all. Thanks for listening. And Kate!